This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Welcome back in. You were listening to the October 26, 2018 episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a word of his podcast dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions. We are brought to you today by the folks over at MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. I'm your host, Jeremy Hart, at Fantasy Gumshoe. Joining me today on the show is an NFL writer over at the Labs of Fantasy. That's Fantasy Labs and Action Sports Network, one of the sharpest dudes in the industry. And if you're not following him, you can fix that right now. Go do it. Do it now. Fix that. Welcome to the show. First timer to the mailbag, Ian Harditz, at Ian Harditz on Twitter. Ian, my man, what's good? You know, I, I got to ask. So I've got a last name of Hart, and every single time uh, people... They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. You know, they don't know the name. They don't know that it's a silent D. They say Hardit. And I feel like Hardit is just like the more advanced uh, version of, of Hart. Like you guys just got tired of being called Hardit and just went, went along with it. That's what happened. Yeah, man. I don't know what kind of sick individual decided to update Hart to a Hart It's, but <laughs> it works out for the most part. I, uh, I tell people it's it just sounds like cheese It's, but, uh, it's Hart It's <laughs> instead. So I'm, I'm just happy to be here, uh, you know, and, and have a last name. So it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. It's, it's, you know, I, I think it's a German thing. I, I feel like we've got two Germans behind the microphone at the same time. We, absolutely. We, <laughs> we, we don't have enough diversity on this show. Let me, let me go call a friend <laughs> on this one here, but we're going to be answering all the questions for the week regarding, uh, dynasty trades, player team outlooks, D, uh, DFS slants, rants, you name it. Uh, before we dive right in though, Ian, I'd be remiss not to mention here. You penned some insanely incredible work, and I want to highlight a couple for the road of his listenership here so they can get on over and check this out in more detail. First up here, the NFL matchup manifesto, if you will. Talk a little bit about the series, what you dive into, and a couple key takeaways specific to in heading into week eight. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. So, yeah, just idea kind of came from, I felt like we as fantasy players, 
we're always looking to kind of incorporate defense into our studies, but we usually kind of say, you know, okay, this offense is third in rushing yards per carry, and this defense is 20th in rush DVOA. Like, that's fine, but I wanted to create some uh, kind of matchup-specific metrics that weren't just people kind of comparing these one-way metrics against each other. So I made some easy-to-read charts to identify the top and worst matchups each week in explosive plays, pace, pressure, trench battles, run game, turnover margin, and the passing game, kind of secondary work. So, you know, again, I, I think sometimes we overvalue defense on a week-to-week basis, but really at the top and bottom of the poll, I think we can find some value. So, for example, the four most notably explosive matchups this week are Broncos-Chiefs, Packers-Rams, Saints-Vikings, Buccaneers-Bengals. I know those games have a lot of over-unders, not exactly reinventing the wheel there, but really are good games to game stack. Uh, Eagles-Jaguars and 49ers-Cardinals each feature dominant defensive lines on both sides of the ball. I have real questions about how those offensive lines will hold up. And then lastly, just in the running game, some DFS running backs to target. Uh, Todd Gurley, obviously, but he has a really good uh, running game matchup. The Broncos, uh, Philip Lindsay, if Roy, Royce Freeman is out, is set up really well against that Chiefs rushing attack. And the Seahawks, uh, Chris Carson and company, are set up pretty well against the Lions. We'll see how uh, Damon Harrison changes things. But, yeah, man, only a seven-week sample size right now, but we're building it and, uh, you know, hoping to just find some actionable stuff for the readers. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what we're here for. All day long is actionable content. Really cool, sharp information at a high level, at a macro, at a micro. I mean, it, you really want to drill down there. And, and you know, every single point of team has a point of attack, right? So this is really just helping decipher how you think a team is going to better execute upon those plays. So, Ian, you also recently went under the hood, broke down every single fantasy-relevant running back into workload tiers. I mean, whew, this is some work here. So give us the deets here, and uh, what should we take away either at that high level uh, as we look at the running backs across the landscape or at a player level heading into Week 8 as well? Yeah, it was a fun Monday for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so I want to look at each uh, backfield across the league, and you know, it sounds like a lot of work, but a l- little bit of uh, background on Microsoft Excel and things aren't things aren't too uh, too much of a struggle all of a sudden. But anyway, I basically took every running back's combined targets and carries per game just to try to sort through, you know, who's been hurt. Like when when they're on the field, who is who are the workhorses, who are the league committee backs, who are the committee backs, and who are these other small guys that maybe we don't need to worry about right now, or maybe they have something coming. So. Anyway, some key takeaways I found. Only six guys have played over 80% of their snaps this season. Christian McCaffrey's at a league high 96%, which is just absurd. Uh, Zeke's there, James Conner, David Johnson, Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley, kind of your usual crew. Uh, some takeaways from the league committee backs. I highlighted Deion Lewis and Kenyon Drake just as two guys where, you know, we know they're in running back by committees, but they're both seeing 63% of their team snaps, and they're getting the good targets. Like, they're getting the fantasy-friendly touches from Derrick Henry and Frank Gore, so those are still kind of guys you want to look there. Committee backs, uh, notice, you know, Latavius Murray and Dalvin, when they're on the field, they're the feature backs, but we'll see uh, what that looks like once uh, Dalvin comes back healthy. I think it could resemble more of a running back by committee. And la- and lastly, just uh, looking at Nick Chubb, a guy that's, you know, barely played all season until last week when they get rid of Hyde. And to see him seamlessly kind of slide into that role as they're early down back, uh, he out-touched and out-snapped Duke Johnson. Could be different with a less ideal game flow for him, but it was a, definitely a good start for sure. So, you know, it was I thought it was a good time seven weeks in the year just take a step back and try to evaluate things. So, 
Yeah, it, just fantastic stuff because on a week-to-week basis, you get so, and that's a collective you, not you, that's all of us, right? We get so in, enamored in looking at the matchups on a weekly basis because, quite frankly, you have to, but you do, at least on an every other or every third week basis, have to kind of take a look at things from a from a broad lens uh, scope, if you will, right? So we can really kind of see what's transpired over the last few weeks there. So we're doing that uh, over here. Ian is doing that head and op over at Fantasy Lab, so check that out. And if you want to take a look at what we're doing on Rotoviz, you still can get a 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass, and that's through the NFL Podcast homepage at rotaviz.com slash podcast. And that subscription, of course, it gives you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content, and it also supports this very pod. You can also support this pod. Subscribe to and rate the Rotoviz Radio channel on iTunes. You can also sub directly to the Fantasy Football Mailbag feed. We're on Spreaker right now, so whatever you're using out there, um, you know, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, you name it, 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 it works. So just get on over there, hit the sub button, and do us a solid and hit that rate and review. And also, we are up, we are alive, we are in the Rotoviz Patron environment five dollars a month that's it that's a starbucks freaking coffee out there guys get on over there for just five dollars a month every single sunday morning we are breaking down all of your fantasy football questions dynasty dfs redraft seasonal it doesn't matter we're in there and that is exclusive elite access that not everybody has this is a free podcast so again hit the 30 percent discount and uh go ahead and uh i don't know how else to say this but don't be a freeloader for crying out loud like get on over there sign up is five freaking dollars. I know you have five dollars because you listen to this show. You clearly pay for fantasy content. So get on over there. We're giving you 40 podcasts a month. Give us five dollars. Patreon.com slash Rotoviz Radio. And last but not least, if you have any questions you want answered on this show, just email us rotovizradio at gmail.com and we'll go ahead and get that going for you on the air, like we we're about to do right here with my man Ian. So let's dive in and fire up some of the QQs for the week. Here we go. Redraft PPR. Ian, I have Carry on Johnson now to thank for potentially keeping my playoff hopes alive. I also have Jordan Howard, Kenyon Drake, and Mark Ingram. I also scooped up Trenton Cannon this week. So as we head out of the buys, which running back should I pair with another wide receiver to try and get up a tier? I feel like Ingram is the only one with some trade value here. So this is an interesting one, Ian. I mean, uh, we're halfway through the game right now as as we record during Thursday night football. We've already got a touchdown on the board for Kenyon Drake, Mark Ingram, and Alvin Kamara. They go right back to an even uh, uh, split in that backfield. And just when we thought Jordan Howard was dead, he comes back with a couple tutties as well. So what say you? Yeah, man, that was a good call getting carry on Johnson. As long as the theoretic stays, stays sidelined for a bit, I think you're good there. Unfortunately, I think, uh, I think the, uh, question person is right here. Mark Ingram kind of being the only guy of value, but you know what? I think that's okay to look to move Ingram at this point. We've seen mm-hmm. him and Kamara really have this 50 50 split and Taysom freaking Hill is just, being way too involved near the goal line <laughs> for fantasy owners to uh really be okay with. So, I mean, yeah, ideally you can move Howard instead of Ingram, but if you're able to move up to get a David Johnson or one of these true three-down running backs, you know, I'm, I'm okay moving Ingram there because you do have your uh, Karyon Johnson. In a pinch, you do have your Kenyon Drake as well, so I, I, I'm okay with that. Yep, I'm with you. In the year of our Lord, 2018, Terry – what, gosh, I, I don't even want to say. Taysom his, Hill. I, I don't even want to say his name. I just can't do it. I feel like it's like Beetlejuice. 
Freaking <laughs> vulturing everything from us. Redraft PPR moving on here. Should I be worried about Stefan Diggs at this point or just sell him to someone that doesn't believe in Thielen and uh, what he's doing every single week? He can't continue to post under 50 yards a game, right? But I am kind of worried as Delvin eventually gets healthy. Uh, so what say you? I mean, Stefan Diggs, another one where, you know, the, the production is just not matching the workload. Yeah, man. So I think with Diggs and I mentioned David Johnson earlier, like we have these expectations for these talented players where, yeah, they can be top five guys at their position. And when they're not, you know, we kind of think they're just doing terrible. But Stefan Diggs might be the number two wide receiver on his team, but like don't make any mistakes about it. He is a number one wide receiver. He's fifth in the league among wide receivers and targets. He's fifth in receptions. He's ninth in air yards. And this year, PPR wide receiver 12. He's wide receiver 17 in PPR points per game. You know, he hasn't had their buy yet. But, I mean, he is, this is his floor, basically, and we're seeing a consistent week-to-week starter. So he's had more targets than Adam Thielen in three of the last four weeks. I write a weekly trade uh, market uh, article for Action Network where we, you look at, I look at who you should go out and try to get. Stefan Diggs is my number one trade target this week to go get. So please don't, please don't panic on him. The guy's insanely talented. It's going to come. He's getting the targets. And talented players like Stefan Diggs usually don't go this long without balling out. So I'm all in on Diggs. If there was ever a soliloquy for, for Stefan Diggs, an ode, if you will, to Stefan Diggs, like that was <laughs> it. And you just created the show title along the way, so thanks for that. All <laughs> right. Uh, moving on here, Ian, give me your best and worst purchases you've ever made. Ooh, good question. So my worst is my car, which I have loved <laughs> at times. It's been a love-hate relationship, but I don't know. I graduated college. I had a uh, pretty decent paying consulting job. I was able to buy myself a nice uh, Audi A8 used. But um, I've learned that, you know, cars with 60,000 miles on them usually don't uh, stay in one piece for all that long. So definitely been a depreciating asset that, you know, I no longer need to get to work because I work from home now. So uh, I think it's a sharp edge in life if you're able to maybe avoid that car payment and stuff if, uh, you know, you're able to do it with your job. Uh, best purchase I've made, man, I thought about this all night and I feel kind of lame, but I think my best, my favorite purchase is a pair of Kyrie three black ice, uh, basketball shoes I bought a couple years ago. <laughs> oh man, I, I love shoes and these are, uh, one of the first pairs that I really just said, you know what? I really like these. I'm going to spend my money on them and enjoy them. Nice. So I think, uh, yeah, I think in life, you know, if you, if you got the money and you can afford it, go ahead and just buy things you like. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to call myself a sneakerhead because I really like a good, nice pair of clean Ooh, shoes. Nothing better. Oh yeah, but you, you, I'd put you on tilt though because I can't keep up with it anymore. Like I, I just got too much pitter patter and young kids running around. Like my shoes, I've got kids, two year olds, always running on, like jumping on my <laughs> shoes, dude. Like it's, it's so awful and tilting, and there's nothing I can do about it. So I just, I recycle, and I'm boring because I just, I go out and I buy Adidas every single time. I'm, I'm old. Oh, man. I'm an old cat. I'm like, I don't even think that, <laughs> do, do young kids still wear Adidas these days? I don't know. I don't think I see anybody wear Adidas unless they're above 30 years old. Kind of embarrassing. I, I, I think they made a little bit of a comeback over the years. I, I, think, I think Nike and Adidas are still a step ahead of everyone else as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on here, DFS, I'm hearing a lot about Steelers' onslaught this week, and maybe that's a good GPP strat, but how much of this running back value am I supposed to be using for cash games? I know carry-on is going to be popular now uh, after last week, and maybe even Jalen Richard in the flex if you need a salary saver to fit Gurley in. My problem is that I just want to use both Gurley and Saquon Barkley here. Is there 
any way to get there. So this one's interesting. I mean, I, I get it, right? Like the, the, the passing production and the floor is there for Saquon, but you, you got Joe Mixon in a good matchup. You got, uh, James Conner for crying out loud in a great matchup. You got Marlon Mack still underpriced here. So it's, it's tough. And normally I want to just pay for safety at running back, but we've got some options to play with. Yeah, I think here, if he wants to consider pivoting to uh, James Conner or even uh, Christian McCaffrey, I think you're going to get similar volume to Saquon. But you know what? I get it. If you want uh, just you know jamming Gurley and Saquon, it's what we, did, what we made a living doing with uh, DJ and Le'Veon not too long ago. So I get it. I think if you want to do it, the moves you got to make, uh, Steelers defense at 2,300, you know, don't need to go over too much. Just a kind of cash game defense lock, number four. Ranked defense and adjusted sack rate versus the dead last ranked offensive line. Uh, Isaiah Crowell is another running back at 3,700. I actually prefer him, uh, to Richard just I think he'll, he's more guaranteed to get the touches with Doug Martin working as their quote unquote featured back. Uh, keep an eye on Marlon Mack though. If he ends up being out with this ankle injury, Naeem Hines at 3,800, I think is the go to cheap cash back. Uh, tight end, you can look at Vance McDonald at 3,700, five plus targets in four of the last five games. I love these tight ends that actually have a ceiling and can give you 100 plus uh, yards, you know, at the top of their game, not just kind of a inline dad body type guy. Uh, <laughs> and, th- and then real quick, you know, like Goff, 6,000 at quarterback. Him, you can get him. Robert Woods at 6,800. Sammy Watkins at 4,600, just to give you some upside to that game. And you know, he's seen a decent target share. And then from there, like the only reason why I kind of want to pivot off Barkley is you're left with one of basically Willie Sneed or Jermaine Curse. I mean. Anyone that played cash last week knows uh, what what curse has the potential of giving you. Uh, Sneed doesn't really have the highest ceiling either, but you know at this point you kind of got the guys you want. So that's that's how I think you can fit you can fit those two guys in. But again, if you want to pivot down to maybe Connor, you can get like a Doug Baldwin instead of a Willie Sneed. Yeah, I'm with you there across the board. Now, one of them, I'm going to let the cat out of that bag, and there seems to be a lot of questions about one Trent Canton uh, that we're we're going to talk about here on the show sheet. You mentioned liking Isaiah Crowell at 3.7. I think a super-duper sharp GPP strategy this week is uh, Trenton Cannon. Uh, he, he's somebody that nobody really wants to pull the trigger on. I'm a podcast guy. I listen to him around the industry. Nobody knows what to think because he's unproven there, but you out there in this audience are a Rotoviz listenership. You know <laughs> the listenership of one Sean Siegel, who was all over Trenton Cannon as a late season kind of sleeper, a zero RB strategy type of dude. This week, they're going to be playing the Bears. They've got that pass rush, and uh, they're, they're more than likely the Jets are going to be in that negative game script. And so people are wondering whether or not Bilal Powell, that, that role he's going to leave behind if Trenton Cannon is going to pick it up or maybe some more passing volume goes over to Isaiah Crowell. I, I quite candidly, Ian, I don't see any reason why Trenton Cannon um, cannot come into this role here. You know, player profiler, he he more comps to a Taiwan Jones here. I mean, super-duper high college dominator rating. His yards per catch um, out of the backfield is, is really high as well. And he's just got the mold that... You know, I think we saw seven targets last week, and I don't see any reason why, you know, a lot of people are going to go to Jalen Richard in the flex. I think you can jump down, save all like 800 bucks, and I think you virtually, not maybe not 100%, but I think 80 cents to the dollar, you're, you're getting that from Trenton Cannon. How crazy am I? <laughs> I? I agree with you in GPPs. I think it's a sharp move because, look, I we don't know, like, 
sometimes the best backup running back, like in the past, not this year, but a guy like Tevin Coleman, where you had, you know, solid evidence of when their starter is out, this guy is stepping in as the RB1. We don't have that with the Jets. I mean, we assume Isaiah Crowell is going to step in and get these extra touches, but they easily could put Trenton Cannon just in the Blau Powell role and get these 10 to 15 touches. It's certainly not a good projected game flow for uh, Crowell going, you know, into Chicago and uh, kind of facing that pretty stout defense. So definitely could see, you know, playing from behind and Cannon getting more of the pass game work. So I like it, man. It's a little risky for me in cash games <laughs> if you're trying to squeeze him in there, but I like it. I do have concerns about how long he'll be that number two back. Uh, um, I know Eli McGuire's eligible to come back next week. I'm not sure if that's still the plan, mm-hmm. but I would I would imagine once he's back, it'll mostly be Crowell and uh, him. But hey, man, he's not back this week, so I like it. That's it. That that you gotta you gotta push your chips in while you got the chance, and this week is the chance. Here we go, Trent Cannon going right back to the well with New York Jets. This did not fail me last week at all. Curse you, piece of shit. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to become an inanimate object for a year, what object would you choose to be? What a question, man. So I thought about this one too. I'm going with the scoreboard at Madison Square Garden. Ooh, that's like, look, hot. I'm, I- I'm not saying I'm a big Knicks fan or anything, but you're getting concerts, you're getting fights. I mean, I, I can chill there and just appreciate sports for a year. So, yeah, not, yeah. not, not too shabby. <laughs> That's a solid one. And also, I think another one would be the Jumbotron in Jerry's World, right down in Dallas. Uh, I'm, I'm a resident Bears fan. I traveled with the team one time to go down to Dallas and, you know, have some fun and, I guess, watch football along the way. And, <laughs> man, that Jumbotron is definitely a sight for sore eyes. So I think that'd be number two for me as well. Uh, redraft PPR, I'm in a bit of a pickle this week and need to get real dirty. What was supposed to be a sure thing in Jermaine Curse last week? Oh, there we go. I'm right there with you, pal. Um, <laughs> I also have Chris Herndon, Vance McDonald, and Trenton Cannon. So which one of these guys can I go to this weekend as my second flex? Yeah, man, that was so ugly with Curse. I don't even want to keep talking about more. It's a tougher <laughs> matchup for him this week. So uh, I think out of that group, I'm, I'm looking at Vance McDonald. I mentioned uh, a little bit before how I liked him, but he's got five-plus targets in four or five games. And again, he does kind of have uh, the ceiling available out of that group, but ah man, the the problem I, I do like Chris Herndon. I mean the Jets beat writers. If you were a preseason guy, uh, I mean they could not stop talking about this guy. I know he had seven targets last week, so Donald does want to get him involved, but he's only playing about thirty five percent of snaps still, so he's just not on the field. Uh, you know we talked about Trenton Cannon, so I get it, it's there, but in, in this uh in this scenario, I would go advance. Yeah, I'm with you there as Vance. You, you got to take Vance because I think the projected workload matches Trent as well. You've got, you know, the better positive game script, the higher Vegas totals, like everything just sets up for it as well. And I, I think if you're looking for a pivot, uh, I think Vance is going to get popular this week. I don't see any reason why you just can't go $100 more and, and take one O.J. Howard. But, I mean, one of these, we talked about Trent and Cannon. Like, I'm going to be all over this weekend. As soon as Sunday morning comes up, Ian, I'm going to be looking for player props on these guys specifically because these are the types of guys where, you know, if you can find a prop on them, like, you take the over because you know there, there's going to be some increased workload that, you know, even, you know, you know, the player props don't get a lot of attention from a from a betting perspective there. So you can find some soft spots. And where I'm finding some soft spots to help me along the way is over at my bookie. And sure, watching football is fun, but it's more entertaining when you have 
action on the game. Guys, you've heard me talking about this for a couple weeks now. Some of you, I guarantee, are still on the sidelines and you shouldn't be. So whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. If you're the kind of guy or gal that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like, you know, maybe playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a pretty big parlay. Just pick three teams to win, and if you hit all three, you can turn $100 into 600 There's so much to bet on right now, folks. Playoff baseball, hockey, primetime fights, and more. But my bookie is the one place I know I can bet, and I'll be happy all year, and I think you will as well. I recommend these guys because, quite frankly, I trust them. My bookie has been in business for years. They've got great online reviews. And their mobile site is banging. If you're on the sidelines, now is the time to get in the game. My bookie will still match your first deposit dollar for dollar, but right now you gotta join. Right now, that's right now. Get in there because they will be pulling that offer very shortly. Log on to my bookie right now and double your money. Use promo code Rotoviz and you will get your first deposit matched 100%. That's promo code Rotoviz. That's not Viz of Roto. That's Rotoviz. You play. You win. You get paid. All right. Here we go, Ian. We've got the fuck Mary kill. 2018. Will they salvage this season? Uh, where? Here we go. Doug Baldwin, Stefan Diggs, and I think you kind of know where. I think we know where you are on Stefan Diggs here, and uh, <laughs> and uh, the old man, Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, you're correct. I, I will marry my sweetheart, Stefan Diggs. Uh, <laughs> again, your PPR wide receiver 12 at this point. Uh, I, I will go out on a limb and have a one nighter with Doug Baldwin. Uh, I know it hasn't been great for him thus far, obviously, but he's barely been on the field since uh, he came back. He's number one in the Seahawks in area market share. I mean, he's playing the snaps. Uh, he's been out targeted only eight to nine by Tyler Lockett. I think that I think that's just kind of a small sample size. And I mean, it's it's not beautiful in the Seahawks offense, but I got I got to put the old dog down. I mean, I'm sorry, Larry Fitz, but at this point, he's not even getting your ten to twelve targets per game to you know you can to live with his five catches and. 60 yards or, you know, whatever those lines are. Christian Kirk has 27 targets compared to only 25 for Fitz since Josh Rosen has been under center. So I'm just not willing to, you know, spend any type of fantasy capital on a guy that if David Johnson ends up getting featured a little bit more with uh, Byron Leftwich as OC, uh, Fitzgerald could be their number three option. I mean, it's not crazy. So uh, marry Stefan, fuck Doug Baldwin, and kill Larry Fitzgerald. Is it? Is it? I, I don't know enough about this, but was was there anything with Larry Fitzgerald being hurt earlier this year? I thought he had a little bit of a hammy issue, if I'm not mistaken. He got some target volume last week, and I'm I'm wondering if he has health and momentum on his in his favor right now moving forward. And it's it's kind of narrative-y, right? Like, that's pretty gross. You know, can Byron Leftwich come back to save the day? for crying out loud but <laughs> either way like doug or, or larry like you're either one nighting or you're killing one of these two you're marrying Diggs, no doubt but uh i'm not gonna lie larry's kind of intriguing me right now in that 4k range over at dk i'm about to make some bad decisions yeah i mean if he has a good matchup in the slot i don't mind taking advantage of him on a weekly basis but uh i just think in the long run i mean i, I know you're saying he has been missing these wednesday consistently missing Wednesday practices with a hamstring, but then, you know, they ask the coach and everything's fine. He plays. So it's hard to tell with these older guys when they miss these early week practices, what is a nagging injury and what is just, you know, a veteran rest day. So only some teams are generous enough to actually tell us that it's rest. Sometimes they make up these injuries. So I, I, I'm still putting down Larry Fitz. If uh, Carson Palmer <laughs> and if Carson Palmer comes back with the Byron Leftwich offense, maybe we can talk, but 
He's he's going behind the shed. He's he's it. He's going behind the <laughs> exactly. shed. We're putting him down. All right, Ian. If you were given full reign to redesign the food pyramid, what would the Ian Harditz food pyramid look like? Man, I'm a pretty simple food guy. I I would just want a bunch of steak, maybe some buffalo wings, and uh, that's about it. I think my big food revolution would be to um, get rid of the three meal day. I think it's a myth. I don't think we need three <laughs> meals in a day. I think uh, we, you can have coffee and a bowl of cereal and then uh, have yourself a nice dinner around six or seven. So that, that, that's my food hot take. Yeah, I'm I'm almost right there with you. I have found myself lately because I, too, have been working from home for quite a while now. And, you, like, you just get engulfed in your in your work. And it's amazing how that happens. Next thing you know, like, oh, man, I haven't eaten in a while. And so it's like some people like to take cat naps. It's almost like now I just, like, take, you know, little snacks throughout the day. <laughs> you're eating something every couple hours, but you're never actually having a big meal. And it, surprisingly, that's the way we're supposed to eat, right? Like our children, they don't want to eat three big, big meals a day like we can learn from them in that aspect right like they just want to snack throughout the day and tilt me to no end because danny i want <laughs> snacks daddy i want snack not no damn it <laughs> <laughs> yeah man I, I i hear you there i i'm a pretty picky eater too so i i don't want to be uh i, I don't want to be hating on the food people I, I will say so my first uh out of college i had to spend my first winter living uh at home you know my mom's basement i gained 20 pounds kind of in the football season because, you know, I got a nice fresh meal to go up to every night. I go and live out on my own. First season, I lose 20 pounds because I can't give myself enough time to go eat some food. So it's uh, if you want to lose some weight, just really dive into fantasy football and uh, starve yourself and it'll work out. <laughs> Amazing how that works. All right, uh, <laughs> redraft PPR. Can you give us a take on Arizona going forward under the Byron Leftwich leadership? I, I swear – the, these questions are just, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, outside of me feeling old as dirt because I remember eating poppers and drinking beers on my 21st birthday while watching Byron's offensive lineman carry him halfway down the field with a broken leg, can there possibly be a narrative spun that he revamps the offense in such short order or in amount of time? So let the cat out of the bag. You kind of mentioned uh, you had a take on DJ here. So what do you got? I mean, I've seen some old, like I went back and started reading old news articles to see like what kind of dude Byron Leftwich was. And it was all basically about talent evaluation and finding a great leader with the right characteristics. And I get it, and that's coaching. But, I mean, I saw no semblance of, you know, it, advanced analytics or anything I was hoping to see. So I don't know. Maybe we get much more of the same. I could be wrong. Yeah. I mean, first of all, can't name a more courageous moment in sports than, you know, Byron left with a Byron left with a Marshall, you know, getting his lineman to help him down the field. What, what a moment. So I'm, I'm with the guy there. I'm, look, the offense really can't get much worse at this point. So I think <laughs> Byron's in a pretty decent spot. When you dig into David Johnson's usage, it really is like as brutal as it looks when you're watching. I mean, it, it's it's something like the Cardinals aren't running the ball that much, but David Johnson is still somehow like first in the league and runs directly up the middle. I mean, they're not giving him any sort of misdirection or help trying to get him to the outside. His, all right, so in 2016 with Bruce Arians, he was averaging 13 snaps a game as a slot um, in the slot or as a wide receiver. It took him until like week six this season to even reach 13 snaps total as a wide receiver. Everything coming from Byron Leftwich is that he's a Bruce Arians disciple. Arians spoke very highly of him. And Leftwich is literally saying that, you know, he wants to pull from what Arians was doing with David Johnson to get him going. So looking at the schedule coming forward, 
They got the 49ers this week. That's the 25th ranked defense in DraftKings points per game allowed to running backs. They got a bye. Then they got the Chiefs, who are 30th. The Raiders are 22nd. In their last five games, they don't even play a top 10 defense. So, you know, things are looking up for David Johnson. Again, mostly because they can't get get much worse. But I'm tentatively buying the Byron Leftwich era. Let's go. DJ, all in. Let's do this. Yes. Yes. Here we go. Oh my gosh. I didn't need to hear that. I did not need to. Prepare to be disappointed. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Temper your expectations. There should be like a disclosure at the end of the show here. Uh, directed at me. Uh, moving on here. Redraft. Should I be happy as an Amari owner that he's in Dallas now, or is this really just a wash? I also have a ton of Zeke shares in best ball. Uh, so what does this do to Zeke's volume going forward? He was already seeing less pass volume the last few weeks. I mean, jeez. In addition to Curse, Ian, like I'm one of the non-sharp dudes, like sharp as a marble, that I still played Zeke last week. Just awful. Didn't get on carry-on and stay on Thielen for my main cash team. Like, just just mistakes were made like moving on from there right but now Amari's in the fold I'm watching Zeke get split out wide into the slot and then literally every single time Dak doesn't even look his direction so if you won't even look at Zeke is he gonna look at Amari like and I mean passing volumes down here in general I I don't know what do you got yeah, man, real quick on Zeke and that call last week. I mean, that Washington defense, back-to-back weeks, it looked like Zeke and then McCaffrey the week before were just in these smash spots. I couldn't figure out why it didn't happen. I dug into numbers a little bit more this week because I wanted to find out why they were ranking. So, Because the Redskins defense, they're still like 26th in adjusted line yards allowed per rush. But they're like they're number two, I think, in the league in open field yards allowed. So basically, like their linebackers and safeties are just – playing the run unbelievably and making all these tackles so i think that's kind of been why they've been playing so well but anyway yeah i agree with zeke they split him out in the slaughter out wide and he looks better than any of these other number of guys they're lining up but <laughs> i mean that can't get him the ball he's i mean he truly is a special athlete and i, I do agree with the idea that having cooper isn't going to help zeke get those types of targets i mean right now it's like his reception are just these dump offs down the middle where he barely even has a chance to get going so with that said, though, with Cooper, I mean, I don't think it can really get worse for him. I mean, I'm in the I'm in the camp that thinks Dak Prescott is better than Derek Carr, you know, even before we take rushing into the equation, which Carr's a zero and Prescott's uh, definitely a positive there. But look, this will be Amari Cooper's first time in his career that he is the true number one receiver on his team. He's always had to deal with Carr targeting tr- Crabtree more often. And even this past year, I mean, Jared Cook was number one uh, in the Raiders and targets, and Jordy wasn't. Uh, far behind uh, Cooper. So um, one really good note I saw from a uh, pro football focus is Scott Barrett, a uh, real sharp guy. It's, you know, Scott Linehan during his entire play calling career has basically utilized wide receiver ones on like a top three rate across the league. I mean, he really does zero in on a guy and give him the targets. You know, we saw with Dez the last two years, even if it didn't work out last year, the volume was still there. So uh, we'll see if Cooper can put it together. I, I've always been higher on Cooper than most, so you know maybe I'm a fan of the Flames a little too much, but I'm cautiously optimistic about uh, Cooper and Dallas. I sure as hell want to be. 
I definitely want to be. Would this be the ultimate tilt fest if all of a sudden Amari gets to Dallas? And, of course, he just gets his blanket black uh, bracket coverage, and then uh, Cole Beasley gets 10 catches a game moving forward. Well, like, uh, that look, that could just be what Dallas needs a little bit. I mean, they don't have anyone that can that forces a safety to go up and you know respect them. So if they can just add this legit field-stretching threat, now all of a sudden Cole Beasley isn't the guy that can bracket and double every play. So, I mean, that's what Cole Beasley was so good in 2016 because defense is still respected. Des Bryant like a number one. Uh, last season they said we're going to man up Des and focus on Beasley and not give Dak the easy throws, and we saw how that went. So, uh, you know, just adding more talent, you know, I think they overpaid for him, but, hey, he's way better than anyone else they currently have. So it's it's a positive, I think, and I don't know how you can say it isn't. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a positive across the board, and it has to be for the overall offense. And, uh, yeah, you're right, Zeke's not going to be able to get as many looks out of the backfield, but I think overall it's going to help efficiency across the board. Uh, Ian, Shark Tank apps, uh, we love to play Shark Tank games here, so if you had an app idea that doesn't exist today, what would it be? Okay, I got a good one here. Uh, you know the you know the app, HQ Trivia and all that? It, yes, yes, actually, I will, I, yeah, HQ, yeah. My wife yeah, is okay. on that, confirmed. Exactly. So this idea where you make people, you, you go in twice a day, once a day, whatever. Everyone logs on to a game and, you know, you got to answer questions uh, for five, ten minutes or whatever, and then you're eligible to win a prize. So I just think this idea of forcing an audience to watch your show to be able to participate is genius because then, you know, you can just read ads and make money doing that. Do whatever you need to do in the build up. You can sponsor your other products and bunch of opportunity there when you have that many viewers uh, consistently come to your show. So my idea was we make a, instead of HQ trivia, we make it like HQ parlay. You give people the chance to make like 10 team parlays for a chance to win, I don't know, 500 bucks, a thousand bucks, whatever. Just not that much money. People can enter free parlays. And I, you know, if people do this for the HQ trivia and there's enough money to kind of set it up, I think, uh, you can make a gambling version of it and uh, really get the masses excited. So uh, if someone wants to make that happen, let me know, and uh, let's make some money. I, th- I feel like you need to run, and uh, every once in a while on the show, we get a good app idea, right? Like, you need to go patent that shit like, <laughs> right yeah, man, away. I, yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> and, and, I mean, I get some sort of royalty on that, right? Just oh, for, of course, of course. <laughs> like, even even if it's a 5%er, like, hook it up, I'm ready. I'll I'll help you with uh, the promotion. There we go. Free promotion all day right here on the show. DFS, <laughs> are there any wide receivers in the 4 to 6K range that I can target? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Jarvis Landry and Njoku seem to be uh, all all of the offense in Cleveland. Callaway seems to be dead here. Uh, but can I go down to maybe a Damian Ratley in that range as well? So basically, this is another person looking to pay down a wide receiver, clearly to go up by running back. Uh, give us a couple names here. A couple uh, I'm zeroing in on are uh, Michael Crabtree, at least on DK. Jordy Nelson, I mean, somebody's got to catch the ball now in a positive <laughs> game script now. And uh, I, I'm not going to go down to Damian Ratley, but if I'm going to go down that far, like I want to take a look at the shoulder harness situation for Anthony Miller. He was on the field like 90-something percent of the time last week, got all the targets, just couldn't catch the ball. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I really like Anthony Miller if he's if he's a go and he can actually catch. Yeah, I like that Anthony Miller car a lot. Uh, I think he had, what, seven targets last week. He just couldn't 
couldn't rein him in. Yeah, I think if you're looking under 4K, your options are uh, in addition to Miller. Adam Humphreys doesn't really give you much of a ceiling, but since Jameis has come back, it's Mike Evans, 21 targets, and then Humphreys is actually tied with Goblin at 18. So, I mean, he's their slot guy, and Darquiz Denard's out for the Bengals, so it's a good matchup to look to take advantage of. And then, uh, you know, Martavis Bryant is going to be in these three wide receiver sets with the Raiders, and he's kind of the opposite of uh, Humphreys in that, you know, you could get a goose egg here, but you could also get an 80-yard touchdown that maybe a Humphreys-type guy isn't going to provide. As for the uh, 4K range, it's tough, man. I mean, we were talking when we were kind of making that cash lineup earlier, and there's not a ton of good guys there. I mentioned I like uh, Baldwin, but I think overall I'm just looking at uh, Sammy Watkins there at 4,600. He's not going to see Chris Harris Jr. Uh, very much at all, who's the Broncos' number one corner. He should be in the slot against uh, Tyreek and Chris Conley mostly. And look, Watkins has had seven-plus targets in four, in four of his last uh, five games. He had this one target dub where he got hurt pretty quick, but he's a you know pretty integral part of arguably the league's best offense along there with the Rams. So uh, just having that exposure to a game where you know seven plus targets for Sammy Watkins in an offense that we expect to score thirty plus points is worth much more than seven plus targets for like the Oakland Raiders, for example. Yep, absolutely, good take there indeed. All right, here we go in week eight, either or rapid fire. We've got here we go Joe Mixon or James Conner. James Conner. Jordan Howard or Chris Carson? Chris Carson. Emmanuel Sanders or Juju the Smith-Schuster? Ooh, tough one. Juju owns Cleveland. Michael Crabtree or Doug Baldwin? I'm going Dougie Baldwin. been hyping him up all show. <laughs> Eric Ebron <laughs> or Jared Cook? I'm going Ebron. And re- real quick here, even if Jack Doyle comes back, Ebron plays 65% of his snaps from the slaughter out wide, so... Doyle coming back could actually be awesome for Ebron GPPs. Just throwing that out there. Ooh, that's nice. That's very nice. CJ Uzoma or Kyle Rudolph? Kyle Rudolph, he's due. Jameis Winston or Andy the Dalton? Jameis Winston, fourth among all QBs in rushing yards last two weeks. Dual threat. And Matt Stafford or Cam Newton? Man, it's a toss-up. Uh, I've always been Team Cam, so I'm, I'm going with Cam. All right, there it is. Ian, take a favorite or popular movie, change one letter in the title. What's the new plot? What's it all about? Okay, we're taking Fight Club, and we're going with Fight Pub. It's a bar fighting movie. <laughs> it's going to be electric. We're still going to cast Ed Norton and Brad Pitt. It's going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> so are they still like a fight club, or is it like a fight club that's in a pub, or is it, is it more about the fight, or is it more about, about the bite or the beer? Uh, a little bit of all three. I think we're still working on the script. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I'm confident, uh, again, Ed Norton and Brad Pittle will make it happen. <laughs> a, a few weeks back, somebody also used Fight Club. They, they didn't go with beer, uh, Fight Pub. They went with Mike Club and it was, a, it was a show, it was a show about, uh, millennials that get together in, in mom's basement and, and might do a club. Might not. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually awesome yeah so, I, I, think, I think that one's a little better take on it if, if we want to produce that one first i understand well no now we now know we got to make the might pub right combine oh, the two well, yeah well, well, well we can produce them both individually and then we'll get the sequel for all the money so like and guaranteed there's like fruity flavored ipas all over <laughs> this freaking pub guaranteed 
like chocolate donut IPAs, butterscotch lollipop IPAs, like that's the most what the insane kids IPAs you can imagine will be here. <laughs> <laughs> and it will, and that's the reason why everybody keeps getting in fights because of the shitty beer. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Redraft uh, week eight defenses to stream. Uh, we've got the Jets, the Redskins, the Colts, or the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals got to be at the top here. Um, you got any anything else to add on that one? I'm I'm with you, man. There's just too many injuries in the Jets. Uh, Cardinals. I mentioned uh, one of the things matchup manifesto. I look at the pressure rates for uh, offensive lines versus defensive lines, and Cardinals came up with the second highest combined pressure rate this week. So could see uh, C.J. Bethard having a tough time really uh, sitting in the pocket. But we'll see. Yep, yep, there you go. And, um, you know, Jets, there's really not a need for it, like 2.2. I mean, Mitch Trubisky is going to he's gonna throw a pick or two. Like, he's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, sh- it should, in theory, pay off its it salary there at 2.2. But, again, you got the Steelers there at 2.3, so it's not really necessary there. And, I mean, the Colts, if you're talking about DFS, I mean, yeah, it, like they're fine, right? But, I mean, it's also like going against Oakland. I mean, who? jeez, hey, I mean – this after the Amari trade, like this is where you really learn about what's going on in the locker room about a team. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I, I like the Colts. The one thing that worries me about them in that matchup is that they could just have like kind of a stupid shootout because their offense is the fastest pace in the league, and the Lux throwing every single play. So I could easily see something where, where they they play well and they win the game, but you know, Derek Carr manages to put across twenty one points. The Redskins might be uh, the best defense of this group, though. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like. I don't want to bet against uh, Odell and Saquon, really. But uh, as as far as talent at all three levels, I think I'd take the Redskins here on a neutral field. Yeah, I mean they're they're not winning the way we're expecting them. They're not playing the way we're accustomed to them playing. I, uh, they're they're going back to basics: winning, running, and playing hard football. Establish the run. <laughs> 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 oh man, I don't know where to go from there. So we're just going on. Redraft PPR <laughs> start two out of Philip Lindsay, Will Fuller, or uh, and Tyler Boyd. Also, do I roll with Mitch Troob's goat or uh, D Watts this week? Well, D Watts is already playing here, so uh, <laughs> I guess compared. <laughs> I was about to say a little bit late on it, but oh well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I don't know. I, I haven't checked the score in a while. So if they're, if he's doing great. I hope you picked him. If he's not doing great, I hope you didn't pick him. So just talk on the prospects of Mitch Troob's goat here and the uh, either or with Lindsey Fuller and Boyd. Yeah, we talked a little about Trubisky earlier, man. It's just that rushing. And I was a little worried about uh, Watson's rushing last, I believe, uh, two weeks ago. He only had like one or two rush attempts because, you know, he's playing with this punctured lung and this rib injury. So it makes sense that they didn't want to do that. But I did see he had seven rushes against Jacksonville uh, last week, so I'll be interested to see uh, what that part of his game looked like against Miami. But, I mean, when Trubisky's in the right matchup, again, he's got the rushing, he's got the talent. I, it really is a conversation between him and Watson, uh, considering Watson's offensive line and, you know, if some of his weapons keep getting hurt. Uh, but, look, when his weapons aren't hurt, I mean, give me Will Fuller here. I guess uh, I, hopefully you started him already as well. <laughs> but uh, j- just uh, ridiculous splits when it's just him and DeAndre Hopkins. Kiki uh, Kute is obviously out with this hamstring injury. So uh, I was looking forward to that DeAndre Hopkins-Zavian Howard matchup. So we'll see uh, We'll see how that went. But um, Denver backfield. So mentioned kind of in that intro matchup manifesto, second best matchup this week in the trenches. And Roy Streaman hasn't practiced all week with this ankle injury. So we're expecting Philip Lindsay to be the lead back here. 
Devontae Booker is staying annoyingly involved this year, but I mean, Lindsey will be the lead guy and he's not, you know, he's obviously a good receiver as is Booker, but no kind of type of game should really take either Lindsey or Booker completely out of the game. So I'm expecting, you know, at least 50% of touches against this Chiefs defense that screams shootout every single week. Um, so. I, yeah, I, I would have gone Fuller and Lindsey uh, before tonight. I don't mind uh, Tyler Boyd, especially, but I'm a little worried about this. Uh, what do you think about this Bengals offense moving forward? Because I know AJ and uh, Boyd are getting the volume, but I just don't know if they have the same ceiling without Eifert and uh, John Ross in there. Yeah, it's – geez, I, I, I want to say I'm just going to keep trusting the production. I think I'm just going to keep going back there. I, You know, it's another one of those offenses now where you thought Tyler, Tyler Boy was just like tried and true. Every single week he's going to get a six and a tutty, right? Uh, but then A.J. Green started to get involved again. I, I think because, to your point, Eifert's not in there now, I – I think the the wide receiver volume still stays there because for whatever stupid reason they're deciding not to to, to best leverage Joe Mixon in the pass game as as often and as they should. So mm-hmm. I, I think they still have enough passing concentration there to keep Boyd Boyd relevant there. Um, Phil- Especially in this matchup too. I mean, when oh, playing yeah, Tampa, absolutely. I mean, Philip Lindsay, what's his price on the on the sites there? Because I feel like he is going to be really underrated here for this matchup and, and the game script and his potential passing volume. Like I think he's, yeah, he's had 5,200 on a uh, draft Kings. We have him. We have a uh, projected ownership in our fantasy labs models. And right now he's only at nine to 12% in the uh, draft Kings millionaire maker. So I would imagine that'll kind of get up into the 17, 20% range. Once uh, people come around to Freeman, not being uh, probably active, but Mm-hmm. Um, he, he could still go under own because I think, uh, you know, people might have this kind of roster construction already made up in their mind. And these uh, kind of mid, mid-priced running backs might be uh, the value kind of under own plays you're looking for in GPPs. Yeah, and if Mac ends up being out, then that crowd's also got a nice, easy kind of slide over to Lindsay as well mm-hmm. without too much roster movement there. Just uh, unfortunate. Just unfortunate. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I was I was hoping we you were gonna say we can get Lindsay for five percent, and then it was like, oh, here we go, here we go. Yeah, he's already up there a little bit, so he he's been balling, man. I mean, even if even if Freeman does play, I mean, Lindsay's not off the board by any means. It's just you know you obviously want to cut that. You obviously want to give the guy more snaps as possible. So. Now, post week eight, and Kike Kute comes back. I mean, it just, is Will Fuller dead? Again, is is this that tried and true of a of a of a split that if Kiki's in, Fuller's irrelevant, or was that just something that was small sample? I don't know the answer to this one. Like, I don't know what to think of that one. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. I think Fuller's a baller. I mean, we, we knew he wasn't going to keep scoring a touchdown per game with Deshaun Watson into perpetuity. So, I mean, some type of regression was expected. He was playing with, like, I mean, remember, like, he got taken out of the one, the one game where Kiki had, like, 10 or 15 targets and everyone lost their shit. Like, Fuller got pulled out of that game early with his hamstring injury. And he's full this week, but he's been limited in these past weeks. So, uh, I noticed, I mean, his snap count hasn't gone anywhere. Uh, I mean, in these bad games he had, he was still playing 90% of snaps. To me, and at least, you know, two or three weeks ago, he did, didn't look really 100% out there. And we have seen the Texans actually trot him out there and, you know, use him when he isn't 100% as a decoy. So I, I, I'm betting on Will Fuller moving forward. I think Kiki is provides a nice underneath option for them as that slot receiver. They wanted Braxton Miller, Miller to serve that role. Bruce Arlington on IR 
haven't really been able to find a consistent guy for that. So I think he slides into the offense more and it kind of increases the overall value than really taking away from Fuller. Good stuff there. All right, Ian, the moment in history you would choose to go back in time and witness in person. So I'm going with Mike Tyson versus Michael Spinks. I've, uh, I'm, I'm a big fight fan. I, I went to a, a McGregor Habib and broke my bank account a couple of weeks ago. Oh, and wow. I, I, I have heard from everyone that just Tyson fights just had a special atmosphere and they were different. And, you know, I'm not, I, I realize he, he, you know, he's not, I think some people call him the best ever. Like obviously there were Muhammad Ali types in the past that were more technical and all that. But I have heard this Michael Spinks fight just the most dominant 91 seconds anyone's ever seen. So, whew, that, that, that'd be something. And, you know, I, I appreciate greatness. So, so to see one of the greats at their very apex, uh, I would go for it. Yeah, I I mean, I remember seeing that fight, you know, but it was on like the 22-inch, you know, TV (laughs) on the living room floor, like, you know, the TV from the 80s where you pull down the flap and the volume and the channel buttons are on the side. (laughs) Like, that's how I saw the Tyson match back in the day, uh, along with playing Mike Tyson's punch out against Soda Popinski at the same time, too. There's a throwback for us there. Ooh, (laughs) man. Just so classic, so classic, solid one too. Now, what when, when he when he jumped the 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 cage there on the fight you just went to a couple weeks ago? I mean, was was dude in his corner just running his mouth? Is that's what what was going on, or was he yeah, just so, he purposely went in there because of all the beef that they had going on? So my understanding was that the fight ended. Uh, obviously, Connor had crossed. Many lines in the lead up to the fight. So Habib is pretty hyped about his victory. He throws his mouthpiece at McGregor's corner. And, uh, one of Connors, like his jujitsu coach was in the third, like second or third row. Dylan Danis kind of eggs on Habib and Habib jumps over the cage and starts this amazing, I mean, not, I, I guess I, I call it amazing, but starts, starts <laughs> this brawl, you know, just with people going in and out of the ring. Oh man, I, it, it was complete chaos. I mean, you had to have your head on a swivel in the crowd. Walking back to the casino, I mean, I was seeing fights break out between the Irish and Russians everywhere. So it was, uh, it was something else. And I mean, it's crazy to see these two groups of people just, you know, I mean, Habib just made Connor tap. He did everything he said he was going to do. Could have had his best moment. He just still hates someone that much to I do did. all that. So man. I think he wanted to knock him out first, but I think he settled for the tap, right? Like that chokehold was, oh my gosh. Um, that, well, so what, what people are saying with that a little bit real quick, I don't want to ramble oh, too good. much on a UFC, but yeah, like the way he kind of choked him, man, like they say he was about to like break his uh, jaw. Mm-hmm. Like they, they were wondering if he was doing that to try to shut him up. It wasn't so much he was going to pass out. So, oh man, o- o- O'Connor, he's uh, he's tapped a few too many times, but I look forward to seeing him fight again. Is he getting the rematch? I I can't imagine they're going to give him the rematch right away, right? Like they're going to. He he said he's moved on from it, and he's kind of cool with whatever. Yeah, I think they're going to do a Habib Tony Ferguson next. So, wait, uh, Habib's moved on with it, or or Connor's cool with it? Uh, Connor has because Habib's like, of course he he is. He better be cool. Dude got worked. He got worked. Absolutely, but I wouldn't blame Habib for saying. I just made the most money of my career. He is a prize fighter. I don't think there'd be anything wrong with him, you know, <laughs> trying to get that rematch and helping him out. But uh, it, it's something, you know, he really does value kind of this honor and being the champion more than money. So there's there's definitely something uh, honorable in that. 
Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. All right. Well, give us an honorable sizzling, smoking, scorching <laughs> hot take to wrap us up for week eight. All right. Touched on this uh, briefly earlier in kind of cheaper receivers. I think Adam Humphreys goes over 15 DraftKings points. Uh, again, this is probably, this is like his ceiling basically. I'm, I'm projecting here, but uh, you know, it's Evans and then Goblin and Humphreys. I mean, they said in the lead up to the season, cause everyone wanted to kind of anoint, uh, Chris Goblin. And yeah, mm-hmm. he's an amazing talent, but you know, they, Buccaneers came out and said, we feel like we have four starting wide receivers. And they've really done that this year. DJX obviously had the hot start, but it's been a pretty balanced four way receiver set. And to just have Humphreys easily as the cheapest. And a potential shootout. Again, the Bengals aren't expected to have their slot corner, Darquez Denard. Give me Adam Humphreys. Oh, man. And you're right, too. That's what's so gross about it. Is it's it's right, right, but it's gross. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Godwin is not getting the, 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 the looks that we'd expect him to get. Like in the, in the hurry up offense at the end of the game, DJX wasn't even on the field. Like what is going on here? I don't, I, I can't make sense of it, but you know, sometimes we just need to stop making, trying to make sense of coaches that don't make sense and just, just do what they're doing. That's all we can do. Exactly, man. I, I thought we'd see a little more, maybe, uh, two tight end sets since, uh, Brayton Howard are obviously such good receivers, but, uh, they've, they've more or less kind of just gotten 60 40 with them as well. So, unless your name's Mike Evans, I mean, it's just a week to week thing in that Tampa offense. Yeah. And I, I'm just glad we got Mike Evans back and we got that target share back up and running because it's Mike Evans week, baby. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a road of his podcast. And we are dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions. If you have any questions you want answered on the mailbag, just email us, road of his radio at gmail.com or on Twitter at road of his radio and use the hashtag RV mailbag. Ian, my man, many thanks for carving out the time and coming on the show. Uh, give us the deets. Give us the plugs. What's going on? Where can they find you? And what you got going on thanks again for having me man good talk uh yeah check out the uh, action network nfl podcast i do a weekly review and kind of look ahead to monday night football in the following week uh record sunday nights that comes out monday morning myself and uh chris raybon get that done and yeah i'll have a wide receiver cornerback piece out tomorrow you can follow me at at iheartis on twitter and i'll uh, have all my articles there and some uh, tidbits throughout the week thanks for listening all right, you heard the man. Get on over there at iHeartits. And also, please do not forget to rate and review the show on iTunes. It means a lot. I'm Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Fantasy Football Mailbag or Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio and at Fantasy Gumshoe. Tell your friends about us, and do not forget to sign up for a 30% discount through our podcast homepage on rotoviz.com. It's a no-brainer, folks. Thanks for tuning in.
Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.